Hi, I'm Christopher Robinson. Welcome to the 21 Pilots Podcast. What is going on, everybody? I hope you are keeping warm. I'd also like to wish everybody a happy new year, and I hope your holidays were fantastic. There hasn't been anything newsworthy to report within the world of 21 Pilots since the last episode, so you just got to hang tight during this hiatus. Hey, why not listen to some of the other episodes of the 21 Pilots podcast to hold you over? This is usually the spot where I would start throwing out my social media and telling you how to contact me, but I actually think I'm going to stop doing that. Uh, I think you know how to get a hold of me. I mean, if you found the the podcast episode, it has all the contact information there. So with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, keep spreading the word about the podcast. I mean, I really do appreciate it, and I always appreciate it when I get stuff from you guys and, and, uh, and I read it. Even if I don't have time to get back to you, obviously, I, I do my best. So that's that. Okay, so moving on to what you are here for. I brought you guys two discussions with Chris, and today I will be talking to Nick Thomas. Uh, Nick was hard for me to track down. I, I have to say I'd probably spent months trying to just find him somehow. I don't know how I did it, but it was, it was really tough. And I think I found him on Facebook and I sent him messages and it was just really hard to, to find him. And then out of the blue, I think after the episode I did with Chris, Nick reached out to me. Uh, I don't remember if it was through twitter or if it was through facebook i'm not really sure but we got a hold of each other and uh he's a great dude i had a wonderful conversation and it felt amazing just to be talking to him because it was so hard (laughs) to find him in the first place and i knew he was somebody that people would want to hear from because he was somebody that i wanted to hear from so uh before we get started i want to plug his twitter handle and uh, you can find him on twitter at real poo tom I don't know where he came up with that at all, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, at R-E-A-L-P-O-O-T-O-M. There you go. You'll hear it in the episode, but he said that uh, he wants to kind of follow what people think about the discussion and, and, you know, just, you know, if you guys enjoyed it and, uh, you know, what you thought of the podcast and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty much it. Please enjoy my conversation with uh, original bassist and founding member of 21 Pilots, Nick Thomas. Hey, Christopher. Hey, Nick. What's going on, man? Not much. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I really appreciate... First, I want to start off by saying I really appreciate you doing this for me. Oh, absolutely. I was thrilled when you asked me to be a part of this. Oh, totally. You were, uh, you were tough to track down, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a... I don't do a ton uh, with social media in the first place, and, and uh, so I didn't see a lot of messages for a long time. I probably have a lot of people that I could go through and say... Hey, sorry, it's been a month since you sent me a message. How are you? 
Totally, man. It actually it makes us like more like sweet, you know, like the tough guy to get. I got him. <laughs> All right, here. I guess to start this off, uh, let me ask you, um, how how did you meet Tyler? Because uh, from my understanding, you guys were childhood friends. Yeah, uh, Tyler and I, we go back probably to when we were younger than we actually knew. We were in each other's kind of atmospheres from a very young age uh, because of basketball, um, little little league basketball stuff. He and, and his family are always big into basketball, and I was my parents made me play basketball because I was tall. And I wasn't really any good at it, but we were we did a lot of the basketball stuff together when we were real young. How tall are you? <laughs> well, I'm six four now. I wasn't quite that <laughs> tall then, but I, I was. So I knew of Tyler Joseph for a long time, but uh, when I I transferred into his school in eighth grade, and we started going to school together then, and, and uh, we went to school together all the way through high school. We, we probably became really good friends in high school. Well, that's really cool. So you guys just kind of like, kind of like floated through life together in a way. Yeah, a it's little bit. Um, we started having classes together uh, pretty often. We started doing a lot of the same things. We were in high school choir together. We sang in, in different capacities together. And then uh, basketball, we, we played varsity basketball together in high school. And then graduated together. And by then we were starting to tinker around with music together. We did a lot probably junior and senior year of high school we did a lot of music together in in school we sang together a lot in school and then senior year we started just by ourselves kind of playing some stuff together he had some real early on songs that he had written that i i played some guitar on oh you and, might uh, answer yeah. a question i had then i the early stuff the no fun intended cd for purposes mm -hmm. of the internet <laughs> um, there are, there's some guitar bits on there and I've been wondering where they've come from. So that was most likely you then. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't, I see, I don't even know, uh, I don't know what no fun intended entails as far as what songs are on there, but, but I did probably play on a few of them. There's a track called save, but yeah. there was, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. So, I mean, it has that Taco Bell saga song that yeah. the internet goes crazy yeah, for. To this day. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't get it, but you know, what can what can what are you gonna do? It's one of those things. But I, I there is guitar on it and I had asked Chris if you guys uh at any point in the band had a guitar player or considered getting a guitar player and um I guess the answer was no to that one. Well, the very, very first time we ever played a show, we weren't we weren't even going under the name Twenty One Pilots. Uh we there was a guy that played guitar with us that night. That was a a one-time thing. We never used a guitarist again after that. Oh, okay. Um, not because it didn't go well, it's just because different things going on, and, and it right. was just the three of us that decided that the band was what we wanted to do. Yeah, it, it totally, I mean, I play guitar, so like, I was like, oh, wow, there's a, you know, out of everything I've heard, there's actually a guitar on some of the stuff, and it, and it was really nice sounding, and uh, I was kind of just wondering uh, what the uh, idea was behind that, if there was somebody kind of lingering around in the background at some point who obviously isn't <laughs> with you guys anymore or, you know, with the band anymore or any of that stuff. So you started playing together. I mean, at, at what point did you kind of think, oh, why don't we, you know, do something with this and go play in front of people? And Well, Tyler and Chris had been uh, working on some stuff. At, at the time, Chris was living in a house where they ran a recording studio and and he and Tyler had become friends at a party we had all been at 
through a friend, through a mutual friend in high school, and they met there and started talking music. Uh, Chris was looking for an outlet to play to play drums again because he had just moved here recently, and so they started working together. Um, they started recording some of this uh, rough stuff that Tyler had uh, at Chris's studio, and they wanted to play a show. So Tyler asked me. He, he said, do you think you could play a bass? I had never played a bass. He said, do you think you could play a bass? And I said, you know, I'll give it the winner's effort. I, I don't know. Chris had a bass. Uh, so I came over. We rehearsed some songs. I, play, I picked up the bass and played along with them. And I think two or three days after that, we played our first show, which that show that was we weren't calling ourselves Twin on Pilots yet, but that was the first time we played together. So from day one, was there the backing track on the the, uh, the computer? Yeah. Like the idea to run those tracks along, alongside you guys playing live? Yeah. Cool. I was kind of wondering how that came about. Like at what point was that decision made to to use the computer backing tracks? Because I think it's a great, uh, and a, like a, a great and also a bold decision. Yeah. Because, you know, so many bands just assume, okay, we have to just play these instruments you know, in front of people and, you know, that the backing track thing could be frowned upon, which from talking to Chris, it sounded like there were some backhanded comments that you guys may have gotten <laughs> um, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the <laughs> one of the great ones we always got was you guys are really good for a band that doesn't have a guitarist. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like, thank you. <laughs> I think the person that says that doesn't realize, you know, that it could be taken taken that way because it definitely yeah. is a, you know, uh, you know, before you guys like the the template was set with like a band like Ben Folds 5 or something where you know you have the bass and the drums and the guitar or the and the keyboard and right that's what you perform with and uh so and it was kind of cool yeah there was definitely never any malicious intent behind those comments they just they made us laugh after the fact because it it sounds when you think about it it sounds almost backhanded they didn't mean it you know it was unusual for a band to not have a guitarist you know we were oh, we yeah. were playing in Columbus and and I'm sure Columbus is not uh, exclusive to this, but at at the time, I don't know what the scene is like now, but at the time, Columbus was just saturated with uh, metal bands and hardcore bands. Okay. So every bill we fell into, we were playing. You know, we were sandwiched in between these these metal bands, and we just didn't fit. And I I think that was a big reason why people noticed us yeah going into that as like a musician did you feel uncomfortable like oh i don't know how these people are going to take us like this could go south or was it like you didn't didn't even consider it you just pushed it aside and knew that you were going to win them over i don't know that we were nervous about that um just because tyler and i especially had a lot of people and friends that we knew in columbus we were able to bring a lot of people out to see our shows that were just uh, okay. acquaintances of ours, you know. So, so you stack the deck a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We kind of we kind of padded the numbers just with our, you I know, like out that. of our own uh, Facebook friend lists and stuff like that. You know, that is a that's a smart idea. I mean, everybody always tries to get their friends to come to see them. Although some people also don't like that because they feel like it's going to be tough to perform in front of people who may have not have seen them do that, and uh, they get nervous over it. So it definitely can be used to your advantage if you're, uh, you know, if you don't worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and then you get the people next to you that are kind of like who aren't with that group being like maybe opening up their ears and their minds a little bit to say, oh, other people can like this. You know, this isn't as bad as me by myself may think it would be. You yeah. Know? And we had, we had our parents and aunts and uncles and former teachers 
coming to shows. And those people never would have come if we were a metal band, you know. So we kind of we had a little advantage there that we were able to bring in some people that probably wouldn't be going out to clubs to see shows otherwise. So from day one, did you guys play um, a full set of like your original music or was it mostly covers? We did some covers. Yeah, we definitely did some covers uh, early on. At the time, we were just playing 20, maybe 30 minute sets. So uh, we filled that up a lot with original music from Tyler. But but uh, we did do we did through a cover every, every now and then. I ask because from like the low ant level, like I'm like a guy who's just playing on the street on like the weekends and stuff like that. And you get like that 20 minutes. My go to would be to play my own music because that's your chance to get people to listen to something you've created. Right. And but but I've heard from others that, you know, they don't they look down upon that. And why do people want to hear your music? You know, so it's always one of those things where I, I like to talk to other musicians about like what their opinion is on that. Um, that topic. Yeah. Well, from day one, Tyler just had extraordinary music for us to play. I mean, he had just written great songs. Right. And the day that I came in, I thought, you know, this this really has a chance to be something special because he just had great songs from the very beginning. So he had a lot of material for us to to play, even from the very first show. You know, so. We, we did a, a lot of original stuff from right out the gate, but we did throw in a cover every now and then. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's anything like what, what uh, what's done now on stage, there's a unique take to that cover. It's not just your straight-up, normal, um, right. straightforward type of cover. So what were your thoughts, though, the first time you heard Tyler's like original songs? I mean, it's a definitely a, a big trust thing when somebody opens up to you and, you know, here's oh, something absolutely. I've created. So I, obviously, when he cut "No Fun Intended," um, that was in high school. So, mm-hmm. you know, a while ago is when you had heard those songs, and uh, like, what was your reaction to it? I mean, that was before there was a like really like a band or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, were, were your thoughts like, "Oh man, I really would like to play with this guy," or was it, you know? Well, when he first played me those songs, I I hadn't considered playing them as as a band. You know, it was just his own work. You know, and I was I was honored that he wanted to play them for me. Um, Tyler and I bounced musical ideas off each other all the time. Uh, we we worked really well together with music. We both loved music. We we liked a lot of the same artists. So it was it was kind of a natural uh, musical bond there going on. And uh, I was just wildly impressed the first time he played me some tracks that he had, uh, you know, that he had been in the process of. So when he had the idea for us to try to put something together and play them in a live setting, I was, I was all in. I was so excited. Yeah, he's definitely got a, a unique talent there with just the way he's able to construct a song that sounds like it's so many different songs at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, it's easy to get tired. I mean, especially today, a lot of the songs that there's just... You hear it in the first minute, you've heard the whole song. You don't have to even sit and listen to the rest of it. And like with the stuff he writes, it definitely, it pulls the rug out from under you. And it's like, no, no, you're staying here. You're not going anywhere uh, because of that. And it's unique. And it's for me, it's nothing like I've ever heard before. So I can only imagine just seeing that in high school. Yeah, it's really a testament to being open to uh, musical influence from, from any direction. You know, it's it's easy for it's easy to get in a rut and just play the same genre all the time because that's 
that's all you listen to or that's all you're influenced by. But yeah, you know, Tyler was going from from Coldplay to The Killers to The Beatles to Bob Marley, just just uh, deriving influence from from all over the map, and that shows. You know, that comes through in his music. Yeah, it's definitely suited him well. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, one of my questions was going to ask how soon you guys played live from when you started practicing, but it sounds like the reason to practice was to play the live show. Yeah, yeah, it was a matter of days. Uh, I think, I think, I don't know, I can't remember the specific details from all the way back, but I think that they were going to do it anyway. I think that they had already booked it, and they just asked me to play bass so they were just going to do the traditional as we know now the traditional 21 pilot setup of a piano player and a drummer yeah kind of that's cool so i I think the gig was already booked and they were just hoping that i'd come along and and play bass and i was i was thrilled to so can i ask how soon from there that was then that you guys played um you guys not played but you guys started to say we gotta we gotta get these tracks recorded man we got to get them down. Like I know from what I can understand, Chris, uh, when you guys moved into the house together, Chris brought a lot of like the recording equipment with him. Yeah. I I think it's safe to say that the band would have never begun if it weren't for Chris Solly. I mean, he came into the picture with uh, a lot of know-how that we didn't have, a lot of knowledge that we didn't have, a lot of gear that we didn't have, uh, a lot of just understanding about production you know, from because he worked at Guitar Center, right? And he he was part of he lived with guys that ran a recording studio, and and he'd been in a band a lot, you know, through his life when when he was in Texas. So he just came into it with way more expertise than we had. We were so we were rookies at it, and he kind of he kind of carried the weight in the beginning. I think one of the biggest compliments is like the final product and the final um, what we have now, the final piece of of self titled. I thought you guys did that in a studio. Like I heard that, oh no, it was done in like a basement or whatever. Um, but I mean, just to my own ears, I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. Like it sounds like they went somewhere and recorded it. And then having talked to Chris and and just hearing, no, it was self-recorded. Um, but hearing that he's the guy like with the knowledge, I mean, that is a huge compliment because it sounds to me like money spent to go to a studio. Like the production quality, I think, is great for something yeah. that was do it yourself. Yeah, it was that whole. That whole self-titled record was in the the loft of our house that we lived in. So, yeah, Chris really helped us get our foot in the door with production and recording. Because I especially had no idea. I had never done that. Right. And uh, I think Tyler Tyler had been doing it on his laptop. So Chris Chris introduced a more professional setting to us and kind of showed us the ropes there. What do you remember about that recording process? Um, how long do you remember it taking? You know, did you come in and play your bass into like uh, an interface that went into the computer? Or, um, you know, how did you guys like go about it? Yeah. How did you figure out what you were going to record for the for the CD? Or like, how'd that all go? We didn't go into, you know, we didn't have a bunch of songs together that we were that we were thinking, this is going to be a record. Um, we had just we were just working on songs. Tyler was writing songs. We were he was playing for us. We were learning them, and then you know after we had a bunch of them together, it was a while really before we thought, you know let's let's make these into an actual record. 
you know, we had we had little three or four song demos that we'd put out to clubs and stuff. So they had an idea of who we were uh, trying to book shows. But uh, it was a while before we really had the thought to compile everything we had into into a record. So and, and as far as the recording process, a lot of a lot of the bass was uh, digital, you know, done MIDI through a keyboard. And uh, quite a bit of, of it was done, me plugged in through the interface, too. But uh, Tyler had kind of the skeleton of a lot of the songs done. And then we would kind of use those to rehearse and come up with parts. And then we'd put them uh, after we had learned the songs and rehearsed them and sometimes even played them live. Then we would sit down and uh, put them onto a track. Were any of them, um, I, and I asked Chris this, and I know it's tough because it wasn't like it was just yesterday, so it's kind of, it's not easy. I don't even remember what I did last week. So um, <laughs> Tyler, when he brought in songs, did was there any, ever any opportunity to like, oh, this isn't finished yet, but like, what do you guys think we should maybe do here? Was there any kind of like collaboration in putting, like, the, I know, I know the, I know the lyrics are all Tyler from uh, what I went from speaking to Chris, but. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. There were, because it's not easy putting a song together i know that um from personal experience so i know if you had somebody to bounce ideas or ask suggestions off to that would be a huge help so i was kind of wondering if that was something that you guys did do yeah oh yeah we did we did that a lot and tyler had a a vision uh about how he wanted his songs to be um but but it was it was all the time that he would say you know what should we do here how do we fill this in how do we fill in sound you know where should this part of the song go there was a lot of back and forth. There's a lot going on in those tracks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd have to have thought that it would have had some input from uh, from others. Did you do any like backing vocals or, or anything like that for either that or regional at best? Uh, self-titled, yes. Um, not not on regional at best, but I did on uh, self-titled. I think all three of us are on uh, are uh, singing at one part on uh, I think trapdoor. I think. Okay. I know there was some question as if to if there was another voice on the CD, so that's cool. That's cool. I know Chris sings too. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, he's a he's a terrific singer. A lot of people may not know that, but he's got a great voice. Yeah, definitely. I, I had no idea. We tried, especially in in concert, we tried to do, uh, we tried to throw in you know three part harmony every now and then. It's, when it's done right, man, it sounds so good. Yeah, our dads really our dads really liked that. So oh, I gotta keep the dads happy, you know. Oh, I had probably like that retro, you know, Beatlesque, you know, vibe to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I feel like not today off of uh, off of Blurry Face has a, a nice Beatles vibe to it because Beatles uh, yeah. uh, and Oasis, as a lot of listeners know, are are my favorite band. Um, so you know, it's like the Beatles of today and the Beatles, the actual Beatles. <laughs> sure, but, sure. Uh, but yeah, I love, I love it, and to actually hear that like sprinkled throughout some of my favorite bands that are around today, it's nice to hear that influence still going down. Yeah, uh, I was actually Paul McCartney for my work Halloween thing the other day. So, so yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, I, mean, yeah. I definitely love the Beatles. That's always a great costume. Speaking of concerts, uh, do you have like any favorite concert or like a favorite memory from your time with the band? Um, yeah, it was there was a, a place called the Newport Music Hall in Ohio that we were always just very excited to play every time we were able to book it. Um, I think we did it two or three times while I was with them, but the Newport was kind of like the biggest venue before you got to like an arena. So we got to do that quite a few times. It looks cool. I saw it on some videos. Yeah. 
and I probably saw you playing there. I mean, I was YouTube and I was trying to figure out how far back you went um, when I realized that there were other members to the band. Uh, and I saw some video, I believe, of, of you playing. And that's actually, uh, I didn't realize that you guys were doing Trees so early. Trees is, <laughs> trees is very, one, of the, one of the very first songs that uh, existed as a 21 Pilot song. I was going to ask what, what was the last song that you guys, before that song came, came along, what you guys closed with. But hearing you just say that, it sounds like that was from day one, the closer. Yeah. Um, before, I think before, uh, we had, I think before we had even met Chris, uh, Tyler and I were kind of collaborating on trees way back, um, you know, writing some of the, the keyboard lines together. I remember saying, "Thank you, man. I love that track so much." Oh, thanks, thanks for being a part of all of it, man. No, it's, I, it's so exciting to me to see how many people are listening to his music now. I mean, it just his music is so good; it should be heard by everybody in the world, and now it is. So, yeah, I, uh, I agree. I agree. The message, the messages behind the songs are are great, man, and and the community that it's created too. Like you go online and you see like so many people, like in just various groups. Uh, and however the music helps them, and then you got people listening to this podcast, and and just all these other things, and you know those things would not be there if it weren't for you know the music to bring them together. It's really neat. Yeah, and it's very neat to see. I'm privileged to to be able to see the community at each show still to this day, and it's really amazing to see how much passion there is for this band. Yeah, and how much passion there is for this music. I mean. Uh, Fans of 21 Pilots are are diehard fans like I've almost never seen before. I, I know it does, but it's got to amaze you how big it's gotten. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we kind of, every band dreams of something like this, you know, and there's, I was talking to a, to a buddy the other day who was also in a band and he said, you have to kind of dream that big to motivate yourself to get through some of the hard parts of being in a band yeah yeah you know like it's not easy. like driving or driving through the night in a 15 passenger van with you know never sleeping never getting to shower when you're doing a little tour when you guys did self-titled were some of the tracks from regional at best around at that point and you just kind of didn't use them for that album and decided we'll come back to this when it gets to be time um yeah i think so um uh, there was, I think, there's several tracks on Regional at Best that either were kind of reimagined from uh, self-titled, or that we had been playing in shows, uh, but that we didn't put on self-titled. Um, yeah, th there's there's several tracks. In fact, I think Trees is actually ended up on Regional at Best instead of self-titled. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's on it's on there. Yeah. Um, and I know like that track Goner. Yeah. Uh, ended up as the closer for Blurry Face. And speaking to Chris, he said that you guys had, he's heard stuff like Tyler would have an, a segment that didn't fit, have anything else to fit around it. And he's heard it pop up on Blurry Face and like things like that, um, which is natural. I mean, I would expect that, especially if it's a good part that it just, it shows you how long sometimes it takes to put songs together. And it, I know from personal experience, I had one that took a decade. So it can take a long time yeah. to craft that. Yeah, I think I remember uh, it, several years before Goner came out on Blurry Face, uh, Tyler and Mark did a, a little short video that included the chorus of Goner, which I think may have been all that he had written at that point. Or 
I'm not sure, but the one of him out on the street. Yeah, yeah. That one on the street with like the little the accordion thing. It mm-hmm. sounds like a noose, even though it's not a noose. It sounds like one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a. I like that video a lot. Yeah. And um, it was really cool to hear what he did with that track. And uh, I like that though. I like the idea of that. Okay, I've had these songs, and they were from like prior to being signed by Fueled by Ramen, and. Uh, He's still holding on to them and not saying, oh, that was pre, you know, this is pre-fame music. Like, it's time to stick with, you know, there's always mm-hmm. like a fork in the road and I'm happy it seems like there isn't. Like, um, if something sounds good, I'm going to use it. And uh, I like that he kept that song around. Yeah. Well, Tyler's just, he is always writing lyrics uh, just at almost at any given time. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got lyrics that he wrote when he was 19 that have yet to emerge into a 21 Pilot song, but they'll probably show up sooner or later how um how long was it for prior to self-titled and regional at best that you can recall um that you guys decided all right it's time to get back in there and cutting you know i know you guys in there meaning back to your uh the house you guys were at but it's time to get get to work Mm -hmm. on album number two do you remember how long it might have been like so obviously self-titled you released it you had the release party and you guys played shows yeah i don't really know um I had left by the time Regional at Best came out. So, uh, but during the recording process, though, you were still there for a little bit of it, correct? Yeah. I know it sounded like Chris was, but then Chris told me that neither him nor Josh played on Regional at Best. It was all, um, you know, sequenced uh, by Tyler yeah. in, in the programs. Yeah, a lot of it was done digitally, to my memory. Um, you know, I, I really don't remember a lot of the songs kind of running together in between albums so that's okay. I, I can't even remember right now which songs are on which album yeah well that's that, that takes us to a kind of a um you know the one thing that obviously everybody will probably bothers you and, and asks about um what point do you did you decide okay uh i'm gonna leave and and why did yeah. you decide that it was time for you to leave there was a lot of things uh when we first started I remember we sat down and kind of gave ourselves kind of a loose time frame, you know, you know, let's, let's totally pour ourselves into this band for, I think it was two years and then evaluate where we are and how far we'd come and, and what we thought we could do beyond that. And so uh, I think it was right around the two year mark that I started thinking you know, I, I wanted to go back to school, um, and on top of that, I didn't have two pennies to rub together. I just was not able to make enough money while we were trying to play shows, and uh, and that was getting in the way of me being able to pay my rent, and and you know that was getting in the way of us being able to book shows because you know I was having to work and and not turn down work you know for a show, so it really became hard to fit it all into you know, to the work week. So, and I, and I remember I got real sick for a while too. And we were still trying to play shows and I had, I had some kind of bronchial thing going on for what seemed like a couple months. And I was just kind of getting worn down by it, you know? And I, so I had some family in North Carolina who offered, because I had just gotten accepted to a school in North Carolina and I was able to stay uh, there for free. So I think, that kind of was the the final uh, input into my decision to step away and 
kind of move on with my life. Right. Had to be a tough decision to make. It was. It was. It was a tough decision. Uh, it was not a popular decision. Um, uh, Josh had just come along, I think, a couple weeks before that. And we we may have played two or three shows together. And uh, so he just jumped into this project. And now, you know, another member was leaving. And, and uh, I know he and Tyler must have felt kind of betrayed, I think. But uh, yeah, it's it's not it's, dude, it's not easy in those in those situations um i know uh when when chris le- did you have any idea that chris was thinking of leaving or yeah okay yeah i think we did um i i think there was quite a few conversations leading up to it before either of us left neither one of us really sprung it on them you know it was kind of a build-up that we were trying to work out a way for it to make it work and then you know, in both our situations, we just couldn't make it uh, work. Right. When he said that, like, uh, I'm leaving, uh, guys, in your head, were you kind of like, oh, crap, I'm going to be leaving too. Like, like this is going to be tough, man. <laughs> Did any of that kind of cross uh, in or no? Nah, didn't, didn't bother you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I hadn't made my decision that I was going to leave or, or I don't even think I was, I was really even leaning in that direction. I think I'd thought about it. Uh, but I, w- I was still excited about what we were doing. Um, right. I never stopped being excited about what we were doing. I just, well, of course. I, it's just at a certain point, I just couldn't find a way that I could continue it. Yeah. I, life, you know, life is, you know, life circumstances come calling, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, uh, I'll ask the same thing that I asked Chris. Uh, do you have any regrets f- having, having left and seeing kind of like how it's kind of what it's become? No. Um, today, no, I don't have any. Um, you know, I love what I'm doing today, and I'm very privileged to still be a part of the project. You know, I, I am a part of the tour to to this day. But um, no, I mean, I wish at the time, you know, I there were things that I wish that I had handled better. And I was just a kid. I wasn't good at managing money. Uh, I wasn't good at living on my own. Uh, I was, I think, I was 19 when we started this thing. I was just young. It's not, it's not easy, man. I mean, it's nice though that you are still, you know, involved. Yeah. How did that come about? Like how you went to college, you took uh, the offer, you went and lived with family. Mm-hmm. So how did you kind of get tied back into the 21 Pilots uh, experience? So about a year and a half after I moved, uh, I ended up moving back to Columbus um, to try to uh, continue some classes there. And when I got back to Columbus, I, I had still been... Uh, friends with the guys, still being in touch, keeping in touch with the guys. And, you know, it turned out that they needed a roommate again at the band house. So I moved back in there, oh, cool. um, hung out with the guys a lot. And uh, a lot of the people that they were hanging out with then, they were starting to progress a little bit. You know, they were a little bigger then than they had been when I left. And, uh, but, and they were touring a lot. So Ty and Josh weren't there too often. But, uh, I was around when they were and, you know, we got to talking a lot and uh, the guy who was kind of handling their merchandise at the time was kind of moving into a bigger role with their uh, touring crew. So he presented the idea to bring on somebody to do merchandise specifically. And I readily accepted at the time that it was, I was thrilled to be considered and uh, it wasn't a real big thing when I started. I remember the first time I went out with them to do merchandise, we went away for a weekend, uh, and I 
did uh, two or three shows at colleges, um, not real big. And then we came home, you know, we just had one bus and they just blew up so quickly <laughs> at every step that the very next time that I went out with them was on a, was on a major headline tour. So it's like, that's gotta be crazy. Yeah. It's gotta be so crazy, man. Yeah. So, and it, it, uh, we've all kind of grown with our roles, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, I, I wasn't a professional merchandiser when I started. Um, <laughs> so I had a lot of learning to do. You weren't a bass player either when you started. <laughs> I wasn't a bass player. Either. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of, you just have to adapt sometimes. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. So what merchandising, what is that? Uh, is that like you know the stock of how much we have of one shirt and you keep us uh, you replenished, but you also know what's selling, like that kind of thing, like what's popular and like what's involved with that position? Yeah, so we travel with with a whole store now of merchandise, you know, T-shirts and, and hoodies, you know, the real popular ones and, you know, music and hats and, and what have you. Right. Um, I yeah just maintain the inventory. Uh, I supply it or I provide it to uh, people at each at each turn that are going to sell it at each place that we play and and. Uh, Do you play any role in like um, in like selecting uh, like the image that's going to go on the shirt or, or anything of that no, nature? No, they've got a, a whole creative team that works behind the scenes on that stuff. Now I just I am I am there to. Uh, help get it distributed do you go to every show now yeah yeah oh, that's awesome yeah we just that's pretty cool man we were touring blurry face for a long time uh, yeah coming up on three years i think yeah a very uh, long time like, yeah it's cool but i was like i'm selfish so i was like oh man i'm ready for some more music it's been like three years like <laughs> you know and i know it needs to get written but still i'm like oh you know but then also when the date's announced i'm like all right i'm going you know of course <laughs> yeah, you're not yeah. gonna turn that down but i just but you know the other thing that's smart with that is you strike while it's hot yeah you know yeah. there's a huge demand for it you know and and, and everything's fickle so you never know if it's going to be i i personally think that it's going to be just as big you know in the future but it's like you never know though mm -hmm. you know you just you, you know yeah. you never know you could wake up tomorrow and it, things are completely different so. yeah absolutely that's the that's the kind of the nature of the beast with any kind of art you know, because people's tastes change on a dime. Correct. Correct. And uh, so you kind of have to, you have to work in the moment. You have to gauge your, your crowd. Definitely. You know, definitely. Try to try to get a feel of what is still hot and, and adapt. It's grown. Fa it's grown very fast, Nick. Like you said. Uh, I mean, the first time I know when I first heard of them. And they were coming around the area. It was obviously these little things where they would play for like 20 minutes. And then they finally did a headline show at a smaller, a small venue on South Street. And they were ecstatic on stage. They were just pumped that they sold it out. And, uh, you know, within the next, uh, not even like a year later, they were doing two nights at the Tower Theater, which is significantly bigger. And then the, the last leg of the tour that you guys did when you hit the East Coast, I mean, you guys were doing uh, like New York and you were doing like the Prudential Center up in North mm -hmm. Jersey. So, you know, you're filling arenas and stuff. I mean, in the time span that it's gone has been so short. That's what blows my mind as to how short uh, it's taken, how short of a time span it's taken for them to get like yeah. so big. Well, <clears throat> and the interesting thing was a lot of it took place just during Blurry Face. You know, Blurry Face set the stage for for a 
what they call in the music industry a meteoric rise you know yeah <laughs> we were playing we were playing smaller clubs uh still when i started and then uh you know we were off for a couple of weeks and then when we went back out on the road we were in bigger buildings and then we did that for a couple months and then had a few weeks off and then we went back out and we were doing bigger buildings you know it just it got bigger every time we went out on the road. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. They did a poll. Uh, I forget what magazine now. Now it sounds phony that I said that. <laughs> oh, no, it was Billboard. Billboard did a poll yeah. on their website, and the number one band requested for the Super Bowl yeah. was 21 Pilots. Yeah. Blew my mind. I was like, whoa. It's, a, it's amazing. It, yeah, I'd love to see it. It'd be awesome. But, uh, you know, there, it's such a buildup. I mean, I've, I can't recall following a band where the day after their final show is done people are saying okay album number three on fueled by ramen oh we're ready it's going to drop in a week or whatever people all speculate it's going to drop this year i'm like yo everybody needs to calm down i've never seen it like that before it's like yeah. they can't have a break i'm like let these guys take a break man and i've never seen it before with a band where everybody pulls everything apart to the point of like jenna wearing a yellow dress and everybody thinks like the next album's going to be all yellow like it's, it's wild man <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah <laughs> they love uh the fan base they they love coming up with theories based on what they see it's really fun to kind of gauge where the where the fan base thinks things are going to go and then kind of see where it actually goes yeah i get tweets and it's like it's like oh so-and-so has a twitter account and you know, there's a countdown or something on it. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, you people need to stop. Like, just chill. Go about your day, man. It'll happen. We'll get the announcement. You know, it was some account, and it's, like, got no followers. And it's just, like, it's not going to happen that way. You know, I don't think it will. I could be wrong. Yeah. I have been wrong many times in life. But I don't think it's going to happen that way. Yeah. Well, the good thing is they're excited about it. Yes. Oh, yes, definitely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, um, the fan base, the way it is, uh, I, I mentioned this to Chris, that uh, – it, I guess when you guys were playing, uh, it, you know, there's a following that almost is like, uh, like obsessive over the band mm -hmm. and looks at, kind of looks at them like the pastors at like a mega church. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's very interesting. And I was curious if that, uh, that kind of uh, frenzied. Um, interest in the band existed when you got did you see that when you were in the band at all or did it start at any point when you were there because it's yeah it's crazy how it's it's looked at i mean they treat the band like it's uh you know they're the followers of the band and i was curious as to when that that kind of developed yeah that was going on when i was there to a certain extent um uh, there were you know we had people saying that we were their absolute favorite band of all time and that they're you know that our songs you know tyler's songs that he had written had just changed their lives that all existed then as the same way it exists now we didn't have at the time we didn't have people you know <laughs> dressing like tyler joseph and and uh getting tattoos that are just like his tattoo stuff like that right um there wasn't it wasn't really any of that then but the fans were were just as enthusiastic i think at the time there's people that People that got into 21 Pilots music were very into 21 Pilots music. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. it, it's very interesting that you and Unique, that you, Chris, and Tyler are uh, re, you know, very uh, religious, and uh, you, guys didn't, uh, I, you, you guys didn't drink, from, uh, from what I can understand. Um, 
and it's interesting as, as I commented to you before that Chris wasn't even part of that you know friendship he came in after the fact and that you guys had the three va the same kind of like values and uh, you know and desires in life and stuff like that and it's very unique it's just crazy how that happened and it seems like throughout this whole 21 pilots like ascent it's like there's like an angel watching over the band there's always somebody dropped in at the right spot you know yeah there's been a lot of a lot of uh, definitely the project has been well looked after um, and that that can be attributed to a lot of things so we have a lot of also a lot of very great uh, mentorship um, just from people that we knew uh, people that we knew then and now there's just a lot more of them now uh, you know mentors and and uh, people to provide guidance about uh, maintaining an image and a brand you know yeah yeah definitely um, you guys with the the, the, the music uh, you you made a conscious decision not to go the um, Christian rock route from from what I can understand because mm -hmm. the music seems to have, um, definitely, especially with self-titled, it definitely speaks to a higher power uh, in a lot of the lyrics and kind of, you know, addresses that more than I feel like any of the uh, following albums. Yeah. Was there, were there a lot of discussions about that? Or, or was it kind of just like, hey, do you want to be Christian rock? No, nah, I'm good. Okay, cool. We won't, we won't pursue that kind of label. <laughs> um, there were some discussions uh, early on about that. Um, I think, I can't speak for for uh what tyler's vision is certainly not now but uh of course not but uh you know we part of what we really wanted to achieve through our music uh, and tyler will still say this you know often now is we just wanted to make people think you know we didn't want we didn't want songs that were that were just uh catchy and enjoyable just for the sake of being musically enjoyable you know we wanted to i know listening to tyler's lyrics a lot i you know even somebody that was playing songs I, I learned a lot about myself through his lyrics and his vision you know because they're poignant yes. and they they are they're always meaningful always um and that, that was really the goal as far as you know how we wanted people to see us we, we just wanted people we wanted the songs to mean something to somebody rather than just a catchy tune yeah, i think that sets you guys above a lot of other acts that are out there i know the, the, the you know the music is awesome obviously it gets your head bobbing but like you said the lyrics are deep and there's a lot of thought put into them as well yeah. uh, i mean a track like car radio i know if you don't listen to it and you just hear little bits and pieces of it I know, you know, I've heard people and they're like, what is this song even about? You're talking about a car radio, not having a car radio in, in your car? Come on. And I'm like, no, you got to listen deeper. I mean, it's like a metaphor, you know, there's, yeah. and it's that kind of brilliance to take objects like that and, yeah. and to, to, to make it more of a layered um, experience, you know, within the song. I, I, I love that. Yeah. I think it's great. Well, and life is hard, you know, life is really hard for all of us. And yes. 21 Pilots, um, has really drawn uh, an enormous amount of the kind of the younger population today. And, you know, life is, life is very hard for young people today, I think. And, uh, you know, whether they derive something spiritual or religious from the songs is, you know, that's great. There's a part of the thing about art is, you know, you can, you can derive from it, whatever it speaks to you. And I think that's a really cool thing about music is 
you know, a lot of times no two people are going to take the exact same uh, message the same way, you know, but there's, they're both going to be positively affected by it. Hopefully that was our goal. I mean, I think you can see that with the amount of people that, that make their own art and say, you know, it's because of you that, you know, I'm alive. I don't know what that means. It's different for everybody else. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I've told the story before where, um, I got into 21 Pilots because I worked at a company for years and I did not like working there. At the same time, I'm a father, I have a wife, I have two beautiful kids, I have a mortgage and all this. And it's like that weight of the world is on, feels like it's on your shoulders. In that time period, I stumbled upon 21 Pilots and the, the lyrics spoke to me. Like Kitchen Sink is, is, is my favorite song. Um, that 21 pilots does and mm -hmm. the, just the mm -hmm. idea of a kitchen sink to me is not a kitchen sink to you and those are all your problems and that you know um you know the beginning of your meaning and, and all that would be defeating your demons like that is to me amazing and that's what got me into you guys and just started to look deep into the lyrics and stuff like that sure, which sure. is why i love that you were part of that and um you know, because it helped get me out of just like my crappy day. Like I'd put it on going in. I, if I could, I'd listen to it at work and then going home, I'd listen to it and rinse and repeat to get you through the work week. Yeah. So it's little stuff like that, man, that like, I think when you're making it, you don't necessarily realize that it's going to have that effect. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you don't even have to, to get the answers to all your problems. Sometimes it's enough, you know, just to know that somebody has been there or so that somebody else is going through something too. And right in that, you know, it kind of can create a sense of unity. And I think his music has really done that for the young culture today. So him playing bass, did you help him out at all with that? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, he started taking around with bass, I think after, after uh, I left, of course, and uh but while i was while i was away and uh so i i think i was just as surprised as everybody else was the very first time that he went out on stage with a bass <laughs> oh yeah yeah i i was like what this guy he could, i was like i don't remember him ever playing bass in anything else i've ever looked at online and i it, like you know i thought it was pretty cool man i'm like there you go nice <laughs> and, and to learn it on like the world stage you know and mm -hmm. it had to be you know, it's like it's not like you have a couple years to like kind of hone your craft. It's like you're out there, man. It's you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would think it looks cool though, visually. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. It kind of it kind of fills that uh, that void of you know seeing two people on stage but only one playing an instrument. You know, mm -hmm. for some people, well, some people are watching. You know, they're like, there's one guy playing drums. Where's all the sound coming from? And I, for some people, I think it kind of, kind of helps fill that void. But uh, yeah. it's also just something that he loves to do. He loves to play. Music is such a therapeutic thing, and it's and it's awesome that um, to see him embrace just like all these different different ways of playing and just the bass and all that. Where do you see the the band going? Like, what, like, do you have any idea? Just like uh, like how high is it going to get? Like, where do you sound the sound of the next album? Like, where do you think he's going to go with any of it? I, I really don't know. I, I'm really in the same boat as as uh, everybody else who's waiting on the next song to come out. You know, I'm just, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what to expect. I really don't. Um, but I do know that's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, know, I know Tyler Joseph, and he just, he doesn't put out anything that isn't good. So. He definitely connects with everybody. And it, um, you know, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. But, you know, this fan base is so dedicated, you know, 
and um, I, I think, I mean, any, anything he puts out is going to be good and have a lot of time put into it. And I, and I think that the fan base definitely it appreciates it. I mean, that, those deepness of the lyrics and all that, the time that goes into it, even if it took him like three years to put another album, this fan base would totally be, you know, would love it 100%. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can never please 100% of people, but no, but uh, you can't let I it think bother all, you. no, not at all. And, uh, no, you know, songwriters have to have to overcome that in order to put out a new record. And, uh, but I think, you know, true Tony Love Pilots fans will, will, will be excited and thrilled to hear whatever comes next. Do you get hit up a lot by people online? Just uh, asking you the same questions over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Every now and then. Um, uh, not as often as I used to. But, uh, yeah, it still comes up every now and then. And, uh, of course, with, with being part of the tour, I get a lot of that out at shows, too. You know, a lot of uh, kind of longer uh, fans who have, have been around longer will recognize right. me a lot still. When, um, when, you, when you go to these other venues, are you working the merch table or are you like actually just kind of backstage watching the show? You kind of did your job. Uh, it depends on the night. Um, I'm generally not at the merch table uh, anymore, you know, the whole night. Um, I pop up every now and then kind of supervising. But I do get to spend a lot of time backstage. I do get to see the show. Uh, a lot of nights if I like to. So do you get out and check out the towns and stuff where you guys are at? If we, if we have time, I like to do that. Um, especially on days off when we have a day off of a show, I like, I do a lot of going out on the town and just seeing what these cities have to offer. But, uh, on, on day of show, a lot of times it's, it's just so hectic and busy that I, I don't even get out of the arena. Uh. And I tell people a lot of times I've, I've been to a lot of cities, but I, I couldn't tell you a thing about a lot of them. I've never been backstage in an arena. Are there like a ton of amenities? I assume so. I mean, like you could probably live there, I guess, if you needed to. <laughs> yeah, you probably could. <laughs> um, uh, you know, a lot of them are uh, sports arenas. Right. So there's showers and there's uh, and there's couches and you know they they've got a a lot of really um, cool stuff to make it feel cozy and homey down there. I bet. You know, being away from home for a long time, you start to crave some of those things. Yeah, it's a it's t- it's a tough time, man, to be on the road that long. Yeah. I mean, so you're in you're in Georgia now. Yes. Um, how was your place after everything? Did I mean was everything a okay after? Yeah, everything was good. I uh, I've uh, lived here for coming up on well, let's see, uh, about a, almost a year and a half. Okay. And uh, I've been through two hurricanes since I've been here. <laughs> so wow. uh, the first one, I did not evacuate. Uh, this most recent one I did, um, but it, it was funny. The storm changed course last minute, and it turned out that where I evacuated to was actually probably a worse place to be than where I started. <laughs> what <laughs> but, are you going to uh, do? Yeah, what are you going to do? I can't, can't predict the weather. But uh, yeah, no damage. Nothing too serious for That's me good. anyway. For me anyway, so. No, that's good. I had I had family down in Florida when stuff like that was going on, and I saw yeah. the the people on the highway trying to get out, and it was like crazy. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, it does create a lot of panic. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I can only. I mean, I haven't been in a scenario like that, but it definitely is scary. It looks scary to me. Yeah. Okay, so when Twenty One Pilots isn't doing its touring, uh, 
you're uh, what are you up to uh, other than traveling checking out the universe and, you know, all the cool stuff that it has to offer what do you like to do in your spare time uh well i've been married for a while now and uh my wife and i just got back from uh ireland we took a trip to ireland uh, a couple weeks ago which was pretty amazing i'd never been there before um and we're trying to get a business started um we like to bake and cook so we're trying to get a little bakery or cafe type of place uh, started up. So we're kind of in the market for a storefront for that. Um, we're, we're doing it out of our home right now. We're f- just through uh, church and neighborhood and work friends. Um, we're, we're taking orders from people. So trying to get some business in over the holiday and That's then, cool. you know, kind of hopefully work up to having an actual store. That's really neat. Have you like got a name or anything picked out? No, not at the time. Uh, it's, we haven't, um, you know, it's kind of a new idea. Right. So, well, it's not really a new idea. We've we've wanted to do it for a while, but we've really recently started to get serious about it. Yeah, that's really cool. I wish you the best with that. Thank you. Thank you. I am excited about it. That's just what we like to do. Man, who doesn't love baked stuff? You know, pies and all that, man. Yeah, we do pies. We do salad dressings. We do, uh, like, wing sauces. Um, so... I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping something comes of it. Are you doing uh, dog grooming too? Did I misunderstand <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, okay. part, part time. Uh, I've just been bathing and grooming dogs. Um, okay. I uh, we have three dogs, so I'm just a I'm just a dog lover. What kind of dogs do you have? I've got a Labradoodle. Uh, I've got a a Lab mix mixed with something. I don't really know what. And uh, a Husky. Oh, cool. Cool, man. Cute. Yeah, I love dogs, too. Yeah. I-, I love animals. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. They're great. Yeah, especially dogs. I mean, you come home, and it's like they're just they're so excited to see you, no matter how bad your day was or any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Dogs are just so, like, every once in a while, you almost forget that they're animals, you know, because they seem, everyone, they just seem to be kind of in tune with you sometimes. Right. They seem to know your, know your body language and your expressions. And, yeah, they're just one of the family. They're just yeah, they're family. They're they're great companions. And they start to isn't it like owners start to look like their dogs after a while? Is not that they say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never been able to grow very good facial hair, so I don't know if it's working for no, me. No, I, I I didn't think I was. I was I grew a beard last year for the very first time. But uh, I figure you got to do it once in your life, man. You got to grow the beard once in your life. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. no, that's awesome, dude. I'm so happy though that you did this, and um. You know, it was just, it's just been so surreal to get to talk to, to guys that connect it, you know, with creating this big giant machine yeah. that, uh, that exists nowadays. Yeah. It's really something. And I, well, I very much appreciate you having me on. Um, it's great to, to talk about it and tell the story. Um, I, I see every now and then, and, and probably Chris does too, a lot of people you know, speculating online about, you know how things were back in the day, and and how things went with Chris and I. But right. you know, I think I think uh, that what you've done. I, I got to listen to the podcast you did with Chris, and it was it was cool to oh, thanks, for him man. to be able to tell his story. You know, the true story to people. I so, really I really appreciate that because it's it's I mean it's so I mean I'm I'm going, I'm going through puberty again. It's so like uh, <laughs> it's so um, I feel so privileged to get to talk to you guys because. When you guys said you would do it, it's just been so crazy to think like, oh, I'm talking to these guys that were there. And uh, I mean, I've always, I'm 35, man. And when I was in 
high school, I, I was in a band and like our whole dream was to make it big. And like we would just record at home and all this other stuff and I would write the songs. So it's like, you know, I guess like you kind of like identify with like people and like I identify with that. So I'm like, oh, what were they thinking when they were doing it? Because like, you know, obviously I didn't blow up and have a, a super successful career doing it, but it's cool to to ask people who were involved in making something that sounded similar to what I was doing into a crazy success and to kind of pick their brains and stuff. So yeah. it's been, it's been a real joy to get to do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and people listen. So that's yeah. cool that people actually like care about it too. So I think people really like to know what goes on, um, behind the scenes of stuff like this. Cause I've talked to a lot of people who say, you know, tell me about what it is that you do. What's it like to be on tour? I just, cause I've never met anybody that has, has done what you do. So people are really interested. Um, and, uh, especially with, with this band, this band just has so much buzz around it and such dedicated fans. So it's really special to be part of. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're a part of it and that you're willing to talk to me. And, um, I definitely, I'm going to want to have you back if you're cool, because I know other questions are going to come up. If you don't mind, that'd be super cool to get a chance to kind of follow up in whatever comes up after oh, this. I would love to come back. Absolutely. And just so you know, you're not alone in the, in the love of Oasis. Tyler and I actually just recently were checking out some live videos of Oasis, just admiring excellent musicians. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love like recent as in like within the last year. Yeah. Within the last probably month i think i can't remember when oh, that was dude, but yeah we were checking out some videos of, of uh oasis playing shows they're just they're just oh, the best dude. yeah i yeah i oh dude yeah <laughs> they are i love them so much man i have all their singles like i am like i said i'm like a diehard fan and i've seen them so many times live we're going i'm taking i'm taking my mom to go see when i when i lived at home i listened to them all the time so my mom was like I moved out obviously a while ago. I've been married for almost 10 years. And she was like, I don't get to hear that music anymore in the house. And I'm like, mom, you know, you can use streaming on the computer. And she's like, it's not the same. You know, I liked it better when you would have it playing through your radio. And, you know, so I'm like, okay. And uh, so I got tickets front row when it comes to Philly next year. Oh, man. And I told my, yeah, I told my mom, I was like, mom, I'm going to, it's the day before Valentine's Day. I was like, mom, as a present, I want to take you and we can go check it out. And my mom was like ecstatic. So, oh, yeah. that's so but, cool. Yeah, it's yeah, dude, it's. I took her to see Twenty One Pilots. When, Did you? Uh, you know, you were probably there when we saw uh, them for the two nights at the Tower Theater. She came with me the second night. My wife came with me the first night, and my wife, we have kids, so she was like, "I'll watch the kids." I took my mom. She would never heard them, so I, uh, she was. She kind of heard me talking about them and heard like a song, but she'd never really heard any of their other stuff. So we go. She loved it, and uh, I was like, "Hey, can we wait and, and meet?" the band you we can try and she was like yeah we can do that so we hung out for like an hour and uh sure enough tyler and josh came out we got our picture taken with them and it was super cool my mom fell in love with them after that <laughs> my mom thought they were so nice and cute and just like polite to yeah them and very stuff, cool so. very cool yeah, I've, I've met a lot of people who uh like they've gotten their parents and even their grandparents into into 21 pilots so it's the demographic of of people that you see coming to shows really you know it's a lot of uh younger kids but their parents are coming along decked out in their oh, yeah. tournament pilot shirts and sometimes even yeah. their grandparents you know so it's a great message though that they're yeah. sending out there's so much negativity nick in, in in just the world but also like in music too like you hear a lot of the stuff that's out there and it's using profanity and it's talking negative like talking bad about women and this and that like and it's ridiculous yeah. And I never really cared 
really didn't bother me. But then when it became apparent, you know, my daughter's turning seven, my son's five. Sure. I, um, you know, it, it kind of, you know, I, my ears were more sensitive to it, I guess sure. is the best way sure. to put it. So, so to have 21 Pilots, man, and be able to play that in front of my kids when I'm driving the car and they sing the songs, that means a lot to, to you know, a parent. And then to be able to share that experience when they get older and take them to a show. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, you're yeah, absolutely awesome. right. I've, I've had a lot of parents tell me that they just, they're so thrilled that their kids have something to listen to that they go crazy for and also has a has a great positive message. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, man. Well, all right, brother. I'm going to let you go. Okay. And right. um, like I said, I, I I can't I can't keep saying how appreciative I was that you uh, talked to me. And um, let me know if there's anything you want me to plug in the description. Um, you know, if you want me to put your – if you want me to plug your, your Twitter handle. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you do. I, I don't know if you do. Do you – Yeah, go ahead and plug Twitter to? handle. Okay. I, I didn't know I if you felt uh, like privacy-wise. No. Go ahead and do that. I, I okay. don't care. I don't use Twitter a whole lot, <laughs> but uh, okay. but I would like to keep up with some of the, the feedback with with this uh, podcast and some whatever yeah, else definitely. that you do. I, I like to read what people say about it. Uh, there was a lot of oh, there was a lot of great uh, buzz around uh, talk you, you had with Chris, and it was that was yeah, fun to that read. Went crazy. Yeah, that went nuts. I don't. I I was on vacation, Nick. I was on vacation. I was down the shore, and then Monday came up. And I was like, okay, a Sunday night, I was up until probably two in the morning trying to finish it up. And uh, Monday came and my, we were going to the beach. And I was like, hold on, hold on. You know, I got to upload this and blah, 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 blah. So I get it up. We go to the beach and all of a sudden my phone was blowing up. Well, like I could only check it every once in a while because my kids were in the ocean and like, you know, <laughs> so I checked it and it was exploding with notifications and, and uh, Mark Eshelman tweeted out that he enjoyed the, sh the episode and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Mark knows I'm, you know, I exist. <laughs> and, <laughs> which is cool, you yeah. know, cause I have great respect for respect for him. I mean, the videos, I feel that he was basically, uh, at that time when they kind of blew up, I feel like he was the third member of the band. Yeah. Um, you know, he, uh, he was like the, you know, the George Martin or whatever of the group. Oh yeah. He, Such a huge contributing you know, factor to why they've been successful. Huge. Awesome. I Once again, I appreciate it, Nick. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. This was a fantastic talk. Hey, you too, Christopher. Thank you. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation. I know that Nick is such a nice guy and he can't wait to come back on the show. And he was so easy to talk to. And that is like, you know, seems like everybody that I've talked to within this kind of venture has been that way. So super cool. I can't wait to see what he does in the future with his business ventures and definitely be sure to hit him up on Twitter and let him know what you thought. And uh, I know he would get a kick out of that. I've been doing highlighted albums the last few episodes, and for this one, I actually don't have an album, and I forgot to ask Nick when we were talking, but instead I'm going to use a song. Uh, this is something I've been listening to a lot the last week or two. It's by Khalid, and it's Young, Dumb, and Broke. Young, dumb, young, young, dumb, and broke. Young, dumb, young, young, dumb, and broke. Young, dumb, young, young. 
check that out. I think you guys would like it. You probably happy. You probably already know it or more, but check it out. It's awesome. I, I listen to it continuously uh, throughout the work week. And there's an Imagine Dragons, Thunder, Young Dumb and Broke medley on YouTube. I would urge you to check that out. That's pretty cool too. And so that's the highlighted song of this episode. Before I close this out, there were a couple of things I wanted to touch on. The first is regarding guests. I know who you guys want to hear from. You guys have reached out to me through social media um, throughout the year, and I, I see it uh, on a daily to weekly basis who, who you want to come on the show. And I've said this occasionally. Um, I think the best way to convince someone that talking to me is a decent way to spend an hour or two is not just for me to reach out to them, but for, for you guys to reach out to them through all the social media channels. I think if they see that, it would maybe persuade them a little bit more than just me, myself. So that's kind of my answer to that. And secondly, I wanted to say that anybody who sent questions last month, I have them. Uh, what I'm going to do is obviously my original idea didn't happen. So I'm going to hold on to them for uh, another episode when there's no guest and I can just focus on them and it kind of would fit better too and instead of being like a jarring thing where it's like out of left field there's like questions and stuff like that before a guest comes on so that's what I'm going to do with that uh, I know I had the weekly ramble had one episode and I was going to do it like on a weekly basis unfortunately I started that right when the holidays hit and didn't realize that my time would be consumed with so much other stuff so I do plan on trying to do the weekly ramble again um, I may rebrand it, I'm not sure, but it is something that I've thought about, and I do want to revisit that. So that's pretty much it. All right, this was a big episode. Nick Thomas, original bassist and founding member of the band. There were some great moments during that conversation, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. And I look forward to reading your feedback on all the social media and you know, seeing what you guys thought of it. I mean, this was a big get, and I was super excited, and the fact that I landed Chris and Nick... Uh, to me, I mean, it says that people are enjoying this podcast and they, they really like what's going on. And I look forward to what the future holds. I guess that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic start to their 2018 and I will definitely be checking in on you soon. So, all right. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.